0: The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org.
1: When you face your life crisis, whatever that may be, You have a great need for community. I would encourage us to all look closely. What kind of a community do I have around me right now?
0: Coming up on First Person, Carson Pugh shares lessons he's learned about grieving, including the importance of community when we lose loved ones. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and you'll hear Carson's story in just a moment on this edition of First Person. Before we meet our guests, though, a word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for making First Person possible here on your station. FEBC is a gospel-centered ministry reaching deep into hard-to-reach countries with the good news of Jesus Christ. Through radio and internet programs, FEBC touches tens of millions of lives each day. Learn more how you can support FEBC by visiting febc.org and seeing the stories of changed lives, febc.org. Until all have heard. When Carson Pugh's loving wife of many years died of cancer, he thought he'd spend the rest of his life as a single man. But God surprised him with another love in his life, and then she was soon gone before they hardly got started. Although it was difficult, Carson slowly began to experience the comfort of a loving God as you'll hear in his story.
1: I'm speaking to you from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, where I've lived for a big chunk of my life. I have had a history uh, in terms of career where I started off in business, uh, then went uh, into the pastoral ministry, pastored in several churches, Uh, And then it was almost like the Lord brought me back to utilize some of my business skills within the context of Christian ministry. And so I've given leadership to other organizations, helping them with just the operations in a sense of how can we be most effective for the sake of the kingdom. And in doing that, um, I have worked with lots of teams of people and I am best known as a mentor. Um, I've written books on mentoring uh, that uh, one of them is used as a textbook in many uh, universities and seminaries on the subject of mentoring. And I really find that when I'm exercising my spiritual gifts through the context of one-on-one connecting with people, that's that's when I feel like I'm in the nucleus of God's love Mm. and purpose for me. Mm. And so um, right now uh, I spend my time uh, doing executive mentoring with uh, Christians who are leading both businesses and uh, ministry organizations and trying to help them to, um, try to help them to see what God is doing in the midst of all of this. And we're in a very interesting time right now. So I'm having some amazing conversations with people. I have um, three uh, adult sons. Uh, They are all married. So I have three daughters by marriage um, and I have seven uh, grandchildren and they all live within uh 15 minutes of where i'm living right now so oh, that's a blessing uh, it wasn't yeah it is it wasn't always the case but um they all returned home and uh, are close by now which is fantastic i i tell people that uh, you know i've had many titles in my life but grandpa is the best title ever <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Well, Carson, given your calling and your expertise, I'm sure there's lots that we could talk about, and maybe we can do that sometime. But I'd like to focus on a personal love story, two love stories, actually, that you tell. And uh, I'll let you begin wherever you want to begin, but it starts with your your wife, Brenda.
1: My wife, Brenda, uh, passed away um, from cancer. She developed a form of lung cancer that was very unique and. Brenda was like one of the healthiest people on the planet and it's one of those stories where it comes as a shock to everyone uh, and we were stunned by it Um, at the time when she was being diagnosed uh, our entire family like my whole clan kind of jammed into this doctor's office that was not intended for that many people and we're listening to this specialist um, talk about the spread of the cancer within Brenda's body. and and i I've done a lot of work in hospitals and with people as a pastor, and i I know that we should never ask, you know, how much time are we talking until death? It just didn't seem like the right question to ask. but when you're in the setting, you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, and so I found the words coming out of my mouth of like, how long are we talking? And at the time the doctor said, um, well, um, sort of a a maximum of 150 days. Mm -hmm. And that when those words were spoken, uh, time just stopped for all of us. Um, I think we, I think we went into the hospital into the doctor's appointment, um, thinking like, well, this is gonna work out. This is going somehow this is gonna work out. But the doctor wasn't giving uh hope at that point. And and Brenda's response with a, a great big smile on her face, she said, You don't number my days. <laughs> and she and she sort of just, she's just making a point, going, you know, and the, the doctor then tried to explain. The averaging that they do over things with it and then she said you definitely will not see another christmas Hmm. and um and brenda lived for uh, 588 days um after that she she defied all of the norms she became a research project for um cancer researchers around the world um the, the top person in the world uh, for this particular type of cancer was from Tel Aviv uh, in Israel and we had many video calls. he was like a, a second opinion on many things so uh, but I would say you know looking back on that now and this is like five years ago, um, those five hundred and eighty eight days were the the richest uh most loving wonderful days of our marriage and Mm -hmm. we were married just just under 40 years but um that was just a it was an amazing journey uh she's written she wrote a book about it um and the book is called but if not and the reason why the book is titled that is um one of my sons came to her and uh well into the journey and just said mom i just don't get this you know you have it what seemed like half the world praying for your healing and you're not getting better and i i don't i don't understand and brenda said to him um well honey like god's going to heal me uh and i would prefer if it was here and that I got to spend more time with you, but if not, uh, he's basically he's going to heal me in, in heaven. That's right. And it refers to the story in scripture where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into a fiery furnace, and they're being asked to uh, really renounce their faith in God, and they are hoping that they will not be burned in the fire. Uh, but then it says, "But if not, we we will still not bow down to you." Well, um, my adult sons and daughters, um, four of the six of them went out right after Brenda's um, death, and they actually got tattoos. They're part of that generation, and they <laughs> the ta- the tattoo is unique for each of them. But on each of them, it says, "But if not," hmm. and it's been quite interesting how God has used that. Um, to give them a platform to share about God in their life and about their mother. And um, so Brendan and I had an amazing uh, marriage, uh, amazing life of ministry together. We both worked for an organization uh, called Arrow Leadership Ministries, which I uh, led for uh, just under 15 years. It was like everything was just amazing. And then we get a call from the doctor saying, I, I I need you to come in. He had done an x ray of her because she had a stitch in her side. And so he checked in, and it, it turns out to be cancer. Well, we could talk for a long time just about the whole grief process with that. And I've learned a lot. I attended a grief group um, called Grief Share, which I highly recommend to people who have lost someone uh, or experiencing loss and then i also saw a therapist uh, for a while to um and i recommend that to people it, they, these are times when we need help yep. and there are people out there who can be of assistance to us
0: there's more to carson pew's story and you'll hear it coming up next here on first person I'm so grateful for the grace I received while listening to FEBC all day long. I cried listening to God's message multiple times. The Far East Broadcasting Company receives millions of responses each year from grateful listeners. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company. Until all have heard. My guest is Carson Pugh, and Carson is telling us his own personal story today. It's a love story times two, and I'm so grateful that Carson is willing to do this with us. Um, you had 39 wonderful years with Brenda. After her diagnosis, she lived for some 500-plus some days, and you described those as wonderful days in your marriage. But when Brenda died, you, you weren't really looking for another love, were you?
1: Oh no, not at all. I, I although I would say for those listeners out there who have lost uh, a spouse, lost a loved one, one of the things that you experience in the grief process is the loss of companionship, and I certainly miss that with Brenda. And so there, there is this little nudge towards w- wishing that there was companionship, but but I had this wonderful marriage, and I just felt like it doesn't get any better than that, so I'm not looking. <laughs> well, I was speaking at a conference at uh, Barnabas Family Ministry. It's a uh, Barnabas is a, a Christian conference center that's located on an island off the coast of British Columbia. It is honestly, Wayne, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I've spoken up there many times. And at the end of this conference, um, I was actually just helping their staff there to load luggage onto a truck to go down to the boat to head back. And there was a woman up in the truck. Her name is Ruth Blake. And I've known Ruth since 1973. And, uh, And we're just chatting and everything. And, and then through through our conversation, um, I found out that she wasn't married. I thought she had been married, but she hadn't been married for 14 years. And at the when we were, we were about to leave, um, I hugged uh, Rob and Kathy, who uh, are the founders there and have I've, and we've been friends for a long time. I gave them a hug, and then I gave Ruth a hug. And when I gave Ruth a hug, it honestly felt like somebody had taken battery cables from a car and put them onto my shoulder. I actually experienced this sort of electric shock um, that, that happened It startled me, really startled me. And I got onto the boat and I left and, Lord, what just happened? And I got up the courage to text and I said, uh so this is the part that wasn't very brave i said what just happened there and i thought it was vague enough that if nothing happened uh that we could just talk about what a great uh retreat we'd had and but she wrote back and she said i don't know but something happened and i think we should talk about it so it led to conversations i i asked if we could meet again and she said not unless you tell." your sons about me mm. about this and get their permission to talk and my sons are our young men who live with me in life we walk through life together but they're also they're like accountability people for me they we we, we, we just live life together and I was nervous about talking to them about this and uh, and she said well it's absolutely essential I won't meet with you unless you talk to your son so i talked with my sons and i they immediately kind of went oh my gosh ruth like they all know ruth and they gave me their blessing prayed over me and um, ruth and i had eight months of uh dating uh we were to be married in june And then, uh, tragically, uh, Ruth died 26 days before our wedding Mm. again of cancer. And, um, she went into the hospital and she died in eight days. It, you know, I, I left, I, I left the hospital after her death and then her service was within a week. Uh, but Wayne, I was not in a good place. I, I felt like I've served God almost all my life in a very focused way. And I didn't understand um, why this would happen. So at that time, I have a friend, um, her name is Suzanne Brown. And I think of her like my older sister. She lives in Ireland and um, Suzanne contacted me and she said, "Uh, listen, you need to come home here. Like you need to, you need to come back to Ireland and spend time with Tim and I, you can, uh, her husband and she said, you can stay with us a minimum of two weeks. So not less than two weeks. So, so I went back to, uh, I wanted to get away and I just went to the airport and bought a ticket. I've only seen that on movies, you know, but I just went there, bought the ticket and left. Um, When I got there, it, became evident really quickly that even though at this point I was saying to God, I still believed in God, I still had a relationship with God, but I but I said, we no longer have a working relationship. Like I'm hmm. I'm not doing anything for you anymore. Hmm. Like I'm I'm just finished and done. I said I would have been happy to be there um as a pastor but I didn't need to fall in love with her. And she said, no, you absolutely had to fall in love with her to fulfill what God the Father wanted, which was for Ruth to experience the unconditional love of a man before she met her Heavenly Father. And without knowing anything of Ruth's story, those words really stuck with me. So I'm reflecting on it. I'm thinking back on it, but I'm also looking back on it now going, you know, as strange as that was, and we just had eight months together It was for God's purpose, um, not for mine.
0: Well, Carson, I I appreciate what you've shared, the story that you've been through and the the process of grief that I'm sure you're still going through. But, you know, there's someone listening who this is a very fresh thing for them right now. They're on the threshold of this grief and they don't know how to handle Mm -hmm. it. As someone who's been through it, as a pastor, someone who loves God's word, maybe God's word has really spoken to you. What would you say to that person listening right now?
1: Well, Wayne, I would I would broaden this to include those who are dealing with somebody who has been suffering with a terminal illness. They call it a terminal illness in the hospital, because I think sometimes those days are even harder to comprehend because you're living with the person in the present, but there is an end that's coming, you know. So you're you're living with that. And my learning that I went through. Was God was calling me to trust Him at a whole other level. And Brenda and I had this one time, we were praying together down by our fireplace, and we were actually reflecting on how amazing this time was. She she made the comment, we we should have been living like this all along. And what she was referring to is trusting God with abandon. More specifically, and some listeners might relate to this, I was being challenged to trust God regardless of the outcome. I realized that I'm pretty good at trusting God if things are going my way, but when He calls on us to trust Him regardless of the outcome, that is a whole other level of living. I feel almost uh, sad that it took me this long to Realize that, but once you start living out of that kind of level of trust, wow, it's amazing. For those of us who have lost a loved one, I share with a lot of people first of all to get uh, get help around you, get a community around you, and don't be ashamed of that. I I felt when I went to grief share, I um I took I took forever. Choosing the location because I wanted to go someplace where nobody knew me, and um, and I went. I went to this group, and I every week I actually had to almost fight with myself to go to it. I didn't want to go to it because the only thing that all of us in that room had in common was we'd all lost somebody. It was. It didn't seem like an, a natural affinity group to me. But every time I went, God gave me a little nugget of learning that was necessary for me to do the walk uh, forward. And so I greatly appreciated that. And then it was about a year later where I found that I was stuck there are times when you kind of you hit a you hit a speed bump that you just can't quite get over. In Romans chapter 12, right at the beginning, it talks about how we have gifts differing. I love that phrase because all of these people around us, all you and I, everyone have we all have gifts differing. And so when we need help at those times, God has people out there with the gifts who can help us. So don't be so proud and so wounded to not reach out for help when you need it. Let me encourage that. One other uh, piece of wisdom that I would add is that when you face your life crisis, whatever that may be, you have a great need for community. I, I would encourage us to all look closely and to ask the question, what kind of a community do I have around me right now? Because when the crisis hits, that's not the time to form a community. I, I recognized only in retrospect that we had a lot of support uh, in our journey because we had invested in relationships uh, prior to that. So who, who would you call upon to help you for a year or two years of your grief journey whatever whatever it takes to help you um, get through that?
0: Good advice from a man who knows grief and knows the healing power of God to bring hope and comfort. Our guest has been Carson Pugh and you'll find additional information about Carson on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. This interview and all of our past programs are archived for online listening. You'll find them at firstpersoninterview.com or you'll find First Person on many podcast platforms. Plus, there's a free smartphone app which makes downloading these interviews easy for listening on the go. Just search for First Person Interview in your app store. Bringing you these weekly interviews is made possible by the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Why? Because the stories of lives comforted and changed by Christ are celebrated by all of us. And FEBC wants you to rejoice at the stories of people turning to Christ wherever FEBC's programs are heard. On the website, febc.org, you'll find inspiring stories of people in far corners of the world who are listening to FEBC and giving their lives to the Lord. Watch the videos found at febc.org and give thanks for this ministry. Again, go to febc.org, the Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person.